This is the In This League Fantasy Podcast Network. In This League Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Online at InThisLeague.com. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Interact and follow the show on Twitter at InThisLeaguePod. Now, here's your hosts, Bogman and the Welsh. What's up, friendos? It is the In This League Fantasy Baseball Podcast. In This League, it's Scott Bogman, who you can find on Twitter at Bogman Sports. I am the Welsh. You can find me on Twitter at IsItTheWelsh. And welcome in. The baseball podcast is officially back. We're not stealing signs. We're not stealing anything. Uh, you know, we, we <laughs> Bogman, to be fair, we have had things stolen from us. Gotcha, bitch. Not in our personal life, right. but in our podcast world, we have blatant things have been stolen from us. Sometimes innuendo-y type of things. Very early on in the career, uh, there's a few scumbags <laughs> out there. Maybe not just the baseball, uh, but... You know, there there's also been some very popular podcasts that uh, not us necessarily mm-hmm. listeners have accused of uh, blatantly stealing not one, not two, but three to four different things that we do on our podcast. So we <laughs> bogged. They stole so much that they eventually just took you over there. For bit, <laughs> oh so. no! Oh no! What are you what? trying to say, oh. Bogman? What are you trying to oh, say? What? They're trying to Nothing. pull the whole Nothing. thing. <laughs> they were hacking no, into like- the account. People, people say this is the thing. People say that people stole the the live mock draft idea from us. Absolutely not. Nobody did. That has been around for way before we started. Uh, but I, I, I think that I mean, we made it popular and we do it better than anybody else. Well, That's we all. we made it a mainstay. I like it occasionally happened, but no one ever did it like us. That was the difference. No right. one did what we did. Where uh, and it's you know they're coming up by the way in just a couple weeks to Bogman's uh, mm-hmm. favor. We are mm-hmm. going to have our mock drafts back where we pull in clips, we react, we draft live with you, uh, we don't hold back, we take it seriously. Because also, I would tell you, one of the more annoying things when people do the, those type of mock drafts is when they're just like, well, it's just a mock draft. You know, I'll just do this because it's a mock draft. No, take it seriously, man. You know, you, so you get to hear people's stuff. You know, I mean, I know Yancey Eaton doesn't listen to us and says that, you know, uh-huh. that said that Paul Spore and them created the live podcast. That was cold no, he doesn't. He, he doesn't. He listens to us. He's uh, somebody. Somebody said that he's sixty-seven uh, percent of the fantasy baseball listening audience. <laughs> well, because we, he listens to all the podcasts. Well, we know he where the listens. other thirty uh, or thirty-three uh, percent is not being listened to. Did I do the math right? I think I did. Uh, yeah, but you know, we're we are not the ones. We're the victims, is what I'm trying to say, Bob. Oh, we're the victims. we're the victims. Right. That other podcast, they're they're like the Boston Red Sox, and I mean they are as popular too. Um, we're like the little Little, like Tampa Bay Ray victims over here. You know, uh, we're this we're this little podcast that we don't have the budget the other teams do. Uh, people question our market share because we don't spend what we need to spend. Analytically, we're making it together with a couple no names. You know, we can put Jesus Aguilar out there and hit some bombs. You know, you're the Yandy Diaz, <laughs> that type of stuff. Like we make it happen, but then we've we got the big guys out here stealing our bits, not giving us credit. Because even though we're into year six. People are still like, hey, who are these guys? So uh, cheating cheater Red Sox, cheating cheater Astros, we small little Tampa Bay Ray podcast, we see you. We know what's going on, you cheating ass cheaters. Do we need to start taking anabolic steroids? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> what we need to do is we need to just start cheating more. We need to cheat. <laughs> what we need to do. We need to we need to put up our cameras and we need to listen to the other podcasts and just blatantly steal their information. It- 
anytime I hear anabolic steroids, I don't even think about baseball. I think about the scene from Dodgeball when they were playing the Girl Scouts, and they're like, the Girl Scouts are disqualified from uh, one of their players was taking anabolic steroids, <laughs> and it's this gigantic, like, 15-year-old girl with arm hair and a mustache, <laughs> and just one of the girl, one of the girls goes, God damn you, Bernice, and throws her hat at her. I don't know. Like, I don't know why that is where my mind goes. You know, what's funny. It, that's where it goes. Bernice, great name for like you trying to be sticky with a, uh, someone that's butch. Also, I would say anabolic is a fun word. Like it is. It's a big word. It's easy to say. And, you know, it has big meaning behind it. So I'm, I'm very much a fan of anab- anabolic. Anabolic. Right. Anabolic. An- anabolic sounds like a uh, porn star. So yeah. there she is. Her name is Anna Bollock. Oh, right I think you might have just created a genre. <laughs> <laughs> they might look like. Uh, or you uh, can change B-O-L-I-C to sound like what it sounds like. Oh, yeah, yeah, know, yeah. Bollock. But I'm saying. That category, though, might be filled with Rex Quando's wife, though. So you just got to remember, that might be who's in that category. <laughs> That's a deep <laughs> cut. Nape Napoleon Dynamite. Don't you remember Rex, Rex Quando? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Do you think I go home to her and I'm a disappointment? No. It's great. It's, uh, it's very fun. <laughs> very, very fun. So we're not stealing anything here. Uh, maybe things are being stole from us, but who cares, right? Who cares? All right, At yeah. the end of the day, who cares about any of it? I don't care about the baseball stuff either, like, they're all cheating. Will you know? Breaking news from Will Middlebrooks, who's like, I played for lots of teams unsuccessfully, and they're all cheating. You know, unfortunately, one clear thing we learned: Will Middlebrooks not cheating, as he's no longer in baseball. He did not decide to cheat because he's no longer in baseball. While all the other teams were, they're all cheating. Who cares? Like you and me were talking before this. We're not going to get into too much news and notes. We're going to get into the crux of the episode here in just a second. But this is like a stupid topic. It's just like. Yeah, Boston Red Sox are stealing, and Bogman was kind of like, well, I don't know, you know, I think what's-his-face should get suspended for half the year. Like, no one's getting suspended. There's not going to be a suspension. It'll be a fine. I bet A.J. Hinch gets suspended for half the year. I don't I think he does. That. I don't think he yeah. does. I, I think there'll just be a big uh, old hefty fine. At least 50 games. If he does, I'll bet games. you it's no more than 10 games. And I will bet you it it's It just a, can't be 10 games. They've been talking about how it's going to be harsh penalties. They don't care. Like, they don't care. Uh, okay. They don't care, dude. I mean, we'll, we'll find out soon enough, hopefully. So, It'll be. Uh, they said in two weeks the the stuff is going to come down. And, and I, I like the, the one thing I do like is I hated A.J. Hinch as a manager for the Diamondbacks. So I do kind of like that even though he won and he beat the Dodgers and I was rooting for them, um, that he's still – He's still going to get something cheater. for this. Yeah. So he, It'll he be, had to cheat to win. In my so. eyes, it's going to be like a, a seven-figure fine. They'll lose a draft pick. They'll lose a high draft pick and maybe a slap on the wrist with a couple games for the manager or something like that. I, I personally, if, if I have to pick one side, I'll say no suspension whatsoever. Big fine, loss of draft picks. It's At the end of the day, it's no different than a corporate fine for – the biggest organizations in the world where it's like, you know, uh, $100 million fine for Johnson and Johnson. And they're just like, whatever, you know, okay, like, here you go. Good thing. Who do we I make this check out to <laughs> good thing. <laughs> we didn't have to pay this $750 million tax burden. We only had 0% to pay. So we're all good. They've got entire departments for it. They don't care. Baseball doesn't care. They all know it's going on. When it gets unleashed, they're like, oh, crap, now we got to talk about it. Nobody cares. They're all cheaters. Everyone's trying to find their edge, whether it's steroids or stealing signs or putting stuff on your hats or in your pockets or whatever the hell it is. 
everybody is doing it. And then, you know, the 15% that's not, or, you know, some of the players that are not involved, they catch it, they talk about it, and it's just an endless cycle. It's an endless cycle of nonsense. And, but, yeah, it's the offseason, and it's also something to talk about. Yeah, and, and it's Boston. People get to yell about Boston. So. If it's the Yankees right. or Boston or Houston at this point, if you are revered as one of the best, people would love for you to do something wrong. Well, just if you're good, no one's accusing the Royals of this. You know what I mean? Yeah, did you no, see? No one's out there going, oh, Kansas City's doing this too. So. No, they're just, they're just getting, you know, pornography out of their organization. <laughs> That's all that they're focusing Whoa. on. Did you see uh, someone in our ITL group me room said, so the Astros were cheating and the Red Sox are accused of cheating. So does that mean... The Chicago Cubs are reigning World Series champions, and I was did, like, did you, did you, "You see what I said about you that?" Goddamn Cub fans! No, I didn't. <laughs> I said that's Cubs math, right? That there, is Cubs boy. math. That's one hundred percent Cubs math. That's funny. All right, on the episode today, we've got a two-parter, and it's essentially what we're doing through the rest of the month. Part one: We are going to be talking about early ADP top fifty values, the players that are going in the top fifty and the guys that have probably some of the best return value. And what that means is, you know, their draft capital, like their production potential has the potential, but maybe on more on the high-end potential, or they straight up just will, they are going to um, bring back plus on the cost that uh, you have to draft them at. So these are players that maybe you're drafting at 30, and you're like, well, this guy's going to produce at a top 15. This is the players in our eyes. So... We are going to talk about the top 50 draft values currently going on. And then on the second half, we're going to answer some of your questions. As we said, itlballbag at gmail.com. Every week on the latter episode, you can email us about dynasty, dynasties. You can email us about trades. Uh, You can have us want to break down a player, topics, draft strategy, whatever it is. We're answering your questions. And the rest of the month after this, we're really going to be focusing on dynasty. And I'll tell you kind of, more about that at the end of the episode. And then when we get into February, it's, I mean, it's the big work. We will be doing mock drafts. We are going to have a whole bunch more. Uh, satellite leagues will be opening up sometime in February. Our entry leagues, like the ALNL Masters and a few other stuff. So February, it's going to pop off. But I will tell you, the first place that all of this information will be dropped and we will probably give, uh, well, not probably, we will give first right of refusal is part of our Patreon, patreon.com slash army. Come and check us out now. We are having a banner month in January. So I want a hat tip to you guys and uh, put a little bit more pressure on everybody else that wants to come and check us out. We're having a very good uh, jump in at the early sets of the month, and it's not even into the double digits of January, so it's still a great time. First Secret Show is going to be dropping soon. We've got multiple of those. We've got my top 500 prospect list. Bogman and I are going to be dropping our top 300 for redraft. I'm working on my dynasty process, uh, my dynasty list for fantasy baseball that's going to go up on there. Tons and tons of content, and that's all accessible at the $5 level. And if you want to go further, you can come in the group me rooms with us. You can talk, have access to us and a ton of our listeners, whether you guys are creating leagues or just, you know, I don't know, better friendships. And it's a great place if you have uh, openings in your leagues. These are the hardcore of hardcore and you are supporting Bogman and I. You are uh, directly supporting independent podcasting. So patreon.com slash ITL Army. Come and join. You know, No time to wait. There is literally going to be info dropped all month. So even if it was January 22nd, I'd say just come join. 
Because you're going to get lots and lots of cool stuff, you sons of bitches. That's my birthday present to me from you guys is you sign up for the the ITL Army on Patreon. God, next week (laughs) is your birthday. Yeah, I'm going to be... 38? 37. Oh, 37. Screw you. <laughs> you are going to be 37. Oh, Bogman, do you realize? Oh, I think that is the ITL golden birthday. <laughs> That's your golden ITL birthday. <laughs> That's true. 37. It's your That's golden right. shower. It's amazing. No, no, no golden showers. Are you sure? Okay. Um, no, I'm, I'm into a lot of stuff. That ain't it. That is your golden <laughs> ITL birthday. Next Wednesday. So we've got one more show at least uh, next week's episode uh, early on right before your episode. Okay, so you're asking that the uh, present is for people to sign up. That's right. Did you also see that our boy Jeff – we have had – I think we've had one lieutenant sign up. Now, he didn't pop out and say that um, he wants the autographed Carl's Jr. bag, but our boy Jack, one of our besties – he openly put out there, and you have to, um, you're going to have to let him know. He said he will personally reimburse the first two people that sign up as lieutenant that request the autographed Carl's Jr. bag from Bogman. So if you sign up at lieutenant level or above, how long? Is it the whole month? Uh, I guess. What's I your, don't know. What, well, what is your, like, Thing. I said I said if people sign up this month and okay. and say that they want me to send them autographed garbage, I will. Yes, that's so. right. So Jag personally says he's going to reimburse the first month of the first two lieutenants uh, that request the autographed Carl's Jr. bag from Bogman. So we have one lieutenant out there. He has not requested. So that is a that's an ask out there. So much fun. Uh, I'm very excited. Your yeah. birthday, autographed Carl's Jr. bags. Holy crap. This is this is like my birthday. Jan- January is a full month here. Right, right. It must I mean, be I'm- my birthday. Uh, on the football side, I'm also doing uh, the prospect stuff. I've got I got my spreadsheet ready. Yeah. Uh, to to start breaking that stuff down. I just got to wait until everyone declares. I think the 15th is when uh, is the deadline for players to declare too to get that that list finalized and then start really diving in. So, oh, uh, lots of stuff going on on the ITL Army for January. That so. is very fun. All right. Well, birthdays coming up. Lots and lots of draft breakdown. The ITL Fantasy Baseball Podcast is in absolute full swing, back to full time, and it's January. So, friendos, let's get into all of the madness. We're going to go talk about the top 50 current ADP values. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The snozberries taste like snozberries. I'm freaking out, man. You are freaking out, man. Littering and... Littering and... Um, littering and... Littering and smoking the... In this league. Break it down. So the top 50 is... It's a goofy spot to talk about values, box. You know what I mean? And I also yeah, know... Yeah. There's kind of a, I don't know if it's tropey or people roll their eyes and you people just give me a break when people hear values. You know, the adage like there's no more sleepers, especially in football. Yeah. I think the value thing kind of jumps out to people as well because there's so much conversation. Baseball is filled with incredibly smart people. I mean, take a look at 
our boy Joe Pizzapia's Black Book, which I'm a part of. And he's got amazingly smart people. I mean, Alex Chamberlain is one of the smartest people I know. He's got Ariel Cohen, who does an incredibly good projection system. Spores on there. So many other good people. I mean, that's just on Joe's book. Those are just some of our friends. So baseball is littered with information. I mean, you know, fantasy football is so much bigger than baseball, but there's such a deeper dive into the baseball world. I understand why people will be like, there's no sleepers, there's no values, everybody knows everything. People get weird about and want to pick apart every little tiny thing. So especially you take it to the top 50 where, you know, if you look at someone's top 100, the top 100 is where you can start seeing some crazy names. For the most part, you are actually going to see, if you look at 10 people's top 50, you're probably going to see like a 95% rate of the same players across the board. Top 100, you, it probably moves lower and lower and lower. So, Oh, yeah. The lower you get, the crazier it breaks up. Yeah, like 150, course, so. it's like all over the stupid board. The same thing applies for like me doing prospect stuff. You know, the amount of people I work with, yeah. you know, me and James do stuff. Our top 50 will look relatively the same, but you start getting into top 100s, everything changes. Same thing is happening with I'm, – I'm, we just finished up the prospect 180 or the P180P mocks. And on prospect one, we're going to be breaking those down. The top 50 ADP of prospects is going to look incredibly similar. I'm not going to be shocked. But then the 100, things are going to open up. So here, when we're talking about top 50, I know people kind of, you know, you roll your eyes a little bit and be like, okay, well, where are really the values? Well, there are. There are value spots. And there are what I consider, I know Bogman considers as well, positions of value based on an underperformance based on maybe age, maybe based on other players just jumping up. And we look at these guys and we go, listen, listen, listen. this player has the potential to return a pretty a pretty substantial um, size of value comparative to, you know, where you're already drafting. And there's also risk right. that's involved. So let's talk about the very first thing. I've dominated this, Boggs. But the very first thing of value in the top 50 is actually not a player necessarily. It is not the it's the only one that we're not talking about as a player. And what it is of value is having the third or fourth pick. You succinctly said in I think the last nah, episode. I, I think it's only the third. Okay, see I, I don't just think I, the fourth pick is great. I think the third is the best. I think to be honest, I think fourth might be the worst. Why? Because you are you are you about you don't to, get one of those top three? Are guys. you about that, to say Mookie Betts isn't a good player? Please do no, that right now. No, not a first no, rounder, right? No, no. What He's I not, would he say, just though, said Bogman. Bet, Bogman on, just said no, Betts no, is not a first rounder. Let me talk for God's sake. What I would say about the third pick is you get one of those top three guys and you get the highest pick. I'm not saying that Mookie is not a great player. I'm not saying he's not a first rounder. He, he's going to be my fourth pick. Uh, Bellinger, probably my fifth pick, but I think there's a difference going from those top three guys to going to Mookie okay. and Bellinger. So that's fair. So we'll talk, all. we'll talk about the third. The only reason I bring up the fourth as a, a side, as a side piece I, to this is that we have seen in some mocks where, um, Betts has gone two or three. So it's right. not out of character to say that a guy like Yelich might be there at four. And he's usually, he's usually the only guy. So, right, um, right. okay, so for this argument, let's focus on what you said. The number one value conversation here inside the top 50 is having the first pick. And that could be if you're doing the, um, what is it called, the KDP system? I think that's uh, it. 
I don't know. I don't is know. Is it RDI? No. no, that's the thing I wasn't uh, invited to. Is it RBI? Is it RBI or oh, RBIs? Let's have that. You know what? RBI no, or RBIs? Not. No, real you know quick. What? Which let's one? Not. Let's Which not one? do that. Runs batted I, in I or runs RBI. batted ins? I, I say RBI instead of RBIs. So, because I think it's runs batted in when I'm reading it. Um, so uh, I say RBI. Some people say RBIs. It, to be honest, usually those little nitpicky things bother the crap out of me. Yeah, but. With that one, I don't care. I honestly don't. If you say RBIs, great. If you say RBI, fine. Doesn't matter to me either way. I'm usually <laughs> really annoyed by little things like that. If but I'm, I'm on, just not with RBI. If I'm on my game, I mean, it's it's RBI. Um, the just vernacular of just you, talking, I'll say not, RBIs. Though, you, you always say RBIs. Yeah. I don't think I've heard you say RBI. Well, yeah, I mean, life. that's the mouth breather in me coming out. But there's, <laughs> but also, I enjoy RBIs because of how mad it makes other people. Like when you show your cards that it makes you mad. Right, right. It is all that more enjoyable to me. All that more enjoyable. All it's, right. it's your own. Uh, it's your own word poking stick. Right totally. There. Oh, I, if I, I mean, you let me have that. If you're just like. Oh my god! RB, like we've had those conversations in there in the group me rooms before. It's fantastic. Then I'm just I just want to RBIs it all day long. Um, <laughs> the only one that's ever bothered me like that is there was an announcer and I can't remember who it was. And honestly, I don't even remember if it was football or basketball. But they said times out instead of timeouts. Ooh, that's a bad. They one. have three times out left. And then I remember him arguing like you wouldn't say timeouts. You would say time is out, so it's times out. And I'm like, no, you wouldn't because they're things that you possess. So they're timeouts. Yeah. You know, like you have them. They are yours. So they're timeouts. So yeah. I don't read too much. Time is out. It doesn't bother me too much. I mean, we all have like I love to poke at the the dummies and the mouth breathers, but we all have that in us. Like I I say stupid stuff all the time. My brain, of course, my brain sometimes has the you know, the mentality of like a backwoods West Virginian type of thing. Like I'll just come out and I'll be like, you know, I'll dang, I'll dang. Like I just, I have dumb things that come out and they just, it just said something. Everybody does. Everybody yeah. misses something like in that, that was on a episode of how I met your mother where, uh, just some people miss something, uh, completely their whole adult life. Like, uh, the guy pr was pronouncing uh, chameleons chameleons, <laughs> and uh, he's like, I just never heard it spoken chameleon. in my life. It's a chameleon. Well, anyone so. not from Arizona, when they see the word saguaro, it's fantastic. Saguaro. Yeah. Saguaro is the best I've heard. <laughs> it's the best. Uh, it's the best. All right. Let's get back to Chola the thing. Chola and Saguaro. Let's so. get back to the thing. Uh, okay. We're going to focus on pick three. And if you have, if I'm remembering it correctly, the KDP system where you get to sit and you get to pick your draft spot because that's a new thing is they'll pick an order of people that then get to pick where they want to draft. And um, number three is probably my top pick. Like number three, unless you're in a 12 man and you really like the wheel and you, you know, I don't know, you want to play strategy. 12 is fine, but three is probably the best spot you could have in the draft because to your point, you are going to get a player that has um, a top two ADP. You know, the, there's truly a mix between Yelich and Acuna and Trout. You're guaranteed one of those players. And, I mean, you, you also could be in a spot where some, I've, we've seen bets go too. Someone could take bets too. And you could be sitting there and having a choice between Yelich and Trout. And that's where well, four can come in as a value. But it is right. the be it's the best return value because also on the backswing, you get not only Yelich, Trout, or Acuna, you get to draft before the other two guys. And as I mentioned in the biggest 2020 fantasy questions, 
a reason that I'm slightly leaning to Trout is because the level of player that's there at the wheel is, in for me, is maybe a tiny bit more inherently risky. And to the idea to have Trout to then feel comfortable about maybe taking uh, an Alonzo or not getting an elite pitcher and having to, you know, I I I be careful. I want to be careful about this because obviously guys like Clevenger, <laughs> or Bueller, or whatever. Like I have a better chance of getting Bueller coming back if I have the third pick. Where on the wheel I might have to decide between a Clevenger and Bieber. So the safety angle maybe moves away a little bit, and I could still get a top three player. And I think the quality of the player jumps up a couple notches coming back. So three is probably the best value. Yeah, and uh, like you said, if somebody takes Mookie in there or, you know, just looking at the draft champions uh, um, ADP here, it looks like the highest Mookie has gone is four, even though he ranks as his average pick is four. That's also the highest that he's gone. Bellinger has gone as high as two. Um, You know, Cole has gone as high as one. Are you looking on draft champions, you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's Um, good, Yeah, so uh, it looks like Mookie generally stays there, but whoever is picked in there, like if if someone else, not Acuna, Trout, or Yelich, is picked in the top three, then I think the best uh, pick slides down one spot. To be honest, because then you you know if if someone takes Bellinger in there and you get Yelich at four, you get you know Acuna at four, whoever it is, then. Um, you're really, really sitting pretty. So yeah. I, I, I like I, it's a good point to make. But I think in in general, most drafts are going to go some combination of Acuna, Trout, Yelich. So. All right, number two on this list is not a consensus one. So I just want to I want to say that before we get into it. It's and and because I've talked to a couple people about this, this is one that I put on here. Bogman and I both curated this list. Uh, for the most part, I think I agreed. Uh, there's one that I have a question about. For the most part, I agree with all these. I have not conferred with Bogman if he agrees across the board with me on this one. But uh, the number two deal, I believe, in the top 50 is Max Scherzer. And you would probably be able to pick this out from if you've been listening to some of the debate stuff and you know, you've been listening to some of the stuff we've been doing where I view Max Scherzer in that top four tier. Um, I don't remember if it was on the episode or not, but the debate that I did with Nick Pollock, we might have been talking off air that he said, he's like, I agree Scherzer is is in the top four, but he's the start of the next tier. And I think that's a little bit more of a, a consensus feeling on Max Scherzer. But I'm still I'm still firmly with him. His stuff has been as good as it, it ever was. If, if you listen to the debate, you know, the fastball ticking back up. He had a under two ER, under three ERA and an under three XFIP last year. His walks were the lowest he's had since 2015. His strikeouts are the highest K per nine that he's ever had. He had some bad luck. Babbitt pitched to uh, a 321. His left on base percentage was the lowest since 2015. And then the obvious point is the injuries. Nobody can get past the injuries, which I understand because he is getting older. He's 35 years old. He's going to be close. I think at the back end of the season, he'll turn 36 years old. And this isn't the same story as a guy like Justin Verlander, where Verlander fell off, readjusted, and completely found himself. But the consensus conversation I get from everybody, and maybe is you well, is you as well, Bogman, is it nobody talks about his stuff coming down. I, I literally don't have conversations, and you know, someone smart out there might be like, "Well, okay, let me tell you this." That's fine, but nobody really talks about his stuff. They talk about, well, now that you've got these back injuries, they're not going to go away. What I find interesting, Boggs, is. 
he had two IL stints in 2019, but he had two prior to that in his 11 years in baseball. He is durable. Now, people are worried this is the start of undurability, but I'm not willing to bank on that, and he is currently going off as the 17th player, and he is the fourth. Actually, he is the fifth pitcher in draft champions. Walker Bueller is going above him right now. And the biggest fear is about a back injury from last season to one of the most durable pitchers in baseball that we have seen since, I mean, it feels like the early 90s era. So I think he is an immense value if you want to dip into pitching because you might be able to get him on the back half of the second round, and he has the potential to return as the number one starting fantasy pitcher. So you tell me, Boggs, what do you think about Max Scherzer as a value? I actually agree with you on this one because we've seen Max uh, look the the stuff is still there like you said it's not like he uh ticked down on his fastball or uh, uh some crazy amount or anything like that his stuff is still there uh, I think that he's going down here because this is the first year he's really had uh you know injury issues and we saw it in the playoffs too age. on the biggest stage which is where um w- which is why I think he's lost a little bit of luster and why guys like uh Bueller are going ahead of him and DeGrom because, I mean, over the last four or five years, it's been Scherzer and then everybody else. So uh, I'm with you that, look, you you take him in the second round and he could absolutely return you first-round value. I don't know that I want any pitcher in the first two rounds. We've talked about that. But if I do, I think that I'm only going to be taking guys at deals, and Scherzer is at a deal based on where his talents are and where he, in general, has gone over the last four to five seasons. So uh, I, I'm going to agree with you on this. I do think he comes at a value. Yeah, for man. 20, 2020. I just want to point back out. You know, I, I know there's things that we could pick apart. You know, inside the zone, there was a little bit higher of a percentage of contact made. People were swinging at some stuff. Uh, in and outside the zone more than they were before. But Max Scherzer had the second best of qualified pitcher swinging strike percentage in baseball last year at 16.4%. That is above Verlander and right under Garrett Cole. Right there. All of his pitches' velocity, they went up, while his walk percentage went down. It is the stupid injury. So I have a hard time making the argument to people because, hey, what you know what? You might be right, man. He's a 35-year-old. Bogman's about to turn uh, 64 and he's breaking down Mm -hmm. and I'm about to turn 23 and that's, you know, my body's starting. (laughs) I'm 37. We're living in fantasy land. So (laughs) it's fantasy podcast, Bogman. Um, (laughs) I'm about to turn 37. It all breaks. I get all of those. It is a hard argument. If you want to say he's a different tier, that's fine. But it's what makes him a value is he is literally not only going behind the other three, which he performs at the same level when healthy. He's also going behind a guy like Walker Bueller. And it's fair enough to give the Kershaw argument where stuff comes down and he's still a producer. But in the mid to late second round, getting a guy like Max Scherzer and not having to pay the investment of a high first round pick, you can go and put together potentially, you know, maybe things. I don't know if it could work out quite like this. It hasn't yet by ADP. But what if you got um, Christian Yelich and then Max Scherzer? You know, that could be something you could put together. Yeah. Or (laughs) you could put together, you know, it's you could get Cody Bellinger and Max Scherzer. Like I think the value there is uh at the tops. So I like Max Scherzer as a big one. Now you put uh number three in the top uh fifty values here. You put this one up here and you explain it to me because I'm not a hundred percent why you put this one up here. Well, I put Jose Ramirez on the list here. And and the reason I put it on here is because last season, you know, he was going 
much, much higher than 19. In fact, there were arguments for him to be the number four player because he had had such a fantastic 2018 season. So when you look at this awesome second half that Jose Ramirez had at 327 uh, with 16 homers in the second half in 43 games, uh, that has got to get your juices flowing a little bit. He no. still had 24 stolen bases last year as well. So I know that he had the bad second half in 2018, and he had the bad first half. So it was a stretch of almost a full season of not having good production, of hitting, I believe it was under 220. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it, was, it wasn't great. But this is a guy that could return you first-round value, and he's going – you know, if you're in a 12 man close to the bottom of the second round. So I still think that Jose Ramirez has a lot to offer us. So I think that he could be a deal. Now, is he a risky deal? A hundred percent. There's a lot of risk that comes in with him, but the upside is well into the first round. In, in fact, inside the top five, I think, if he's stealing those bases, hitting over 300 and with the power that we know he has. So I, I'm not sitting here telling you he will be a deal, but the potential for him to finish that high, like there, there are other guys going in the, the second round. I think most guys in the second round have uh, first round top end value, yeah, for the most but part. is is JD ever going to get into the the top five? I don't know. Well, first round, yes. Uh, I, and I still th- I think he's a value too. We'll you know what I think? Second, you know I think the big but, the, uh, one of the things you haven't hit yet, which is interesting, is he's going behind Fernando Tatis Jr. So if you want to talk about risk, you know right. that is a one year player. He's down here going after him. And pending the leagues that you play in, I mean, what were his? I'm, I'm forgetting here. What were his? Well, he primarily played third, so he's not going to have that second base qualification, right? Uh, so it is a deep position, but it is a position you usually don't get stolen bases from. And then just to add real quick, you were asking about the halves. He had an over hundred point average jump in the second half last year. He was two eighteen yeah. in the first, three twenty seven in the second. What I do find interesting though is once his power came back and he was hitting, he stopped stealing bases. He stole 18 in the first half when he struggled. 18 stolen bases in 85 games when he hit 218. Only six in the next 43 games. I guess if you would have put that up, he if you would have projected it up, maybe he would have been around 11. So it's still there. But you're right. He this is a 25 or 30 30 potential type of guy that does have more risk. But the value is relatively high because where you take him, you're also going to get another pick coming back. So I, I, I'm with you. I think it's a good argument you made on why he's a value. Makes right. sense. Right. And, and I'm not sitting here telling you to draft him. I'm just saying that he could end up uh, being a value at his current ADP. Yeah. Uh, num- number three, four, whatever it technically is here. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> whatever number. The right. next one you kind of mentioned, it's uh, J.D. Martinez. And J.D. Martinez is the next big value because, and you know, not that I've ever, you know, poo-pooed on him or anything like that, but I joke that, like, he's the old Roto fantasy. He's not a guy that you're going to draft, I feel like, which is – it's surprising to to see him in here uh, that you uh, you put him in here. I, I didn't. Did. I've, I've been a J.D. Martinez guy, and I feel like he's just not a dude. When I did the mock – uh, the pitcherless mock. I took JD in the second round, and you're like, you, I, I just never would have taken JD Martinez. Well, it's so because I'm a little... you took him over Fernando Tatis Jr. for me. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I and that did. that was my yeah. only argument was like, I like the upside, even though he's a risk of Tatis Jr. because you can play, you can easily play it safe in the first round, and then take a little bit of risk. But 
to the point, though, the reason he has to still be considered a value is because he is he is actually literally on the wheel in, in the draft champions. He's at 24 right now. On the wheel, you could pair Ronald Acuna. And this is see now. This could be a game changer if you start talking about like risk and the back end players. What if you had a Ronald Acuna who maybe has some inherent risk supposedly, and you pass up that really high end of Trout at twenty four? You can get forty, one hundred, one twenty, and a three hundred batting average. He is dominant in four categories with nothing on the stolen bases, and you you usually don't get that. That's Nolan Arenado in the outfield. And people are like, why is Nolan Arenado not in? Why is he outside the top 10? I just don't get it. Same thing with J.D. Martinez, man. <laughs> if you say that about Nolan Arenado, you need to say that about J.D. Martinez. He's not as old as everybody feels like he is. J.D. Martinez feels like he is 38 years old. He's 32 <laughs> years old. He's had wild swings in his career because he started out as, uh, you know, a kind of a high-end prospect, and he sucked with the Astros. He was not good. He hit 274 his rookie year. After that, his highest batting average is 250. It wasn't until he got to Detroit where he really turned it on. Yeah. So I just think he's a huge value in that you can get him on the wheel at 24 with, I mean, very consistent numbers. Did I end up? Uh, no, I did that for a different guy. I did a three-year average on a different player, and this guy's even better than that guy. I mean, you're looking at averages of 40, 100, probably 115, and he's hit 300 for I mean, for freaking ever. So <laughs> J.D. Martinez is an absolute value in drafts, and you need to need to be on it. Now, you put the next guy up here. He's going off. I think you have it 31. I want to confirm in draft champions. He's actually going off. His ADP is 34. And it is not a prime position. Well, that dropped over the last two days then. Yeah. Because I, I put that up two days ago. So, And I love that. Love, yeah. let's 34 get, let's for a fallen. not deep position for Jose Altuve Bogman. I, I'm with you on this one. This one is just so good because people forget because he's been banged up. But last season, Jose Altuve had a career high in homers at 31. Yeah. And I know the ball was juiced a little bit and we're going to have a little bit of regression. But guess what? Stuff, yeah. It, it, yeah. If we have regression as far as the baseball goes, it's not going to be regression to just one guy. Like most guys are going to have it. So I think the only he, regression concern is his stolen bases, though, at the end of the day with a guy like Altuve. Sure. That's the that yeah. is the literally only concern where people are like, no, I'm not really interested in him. No, no, no. Like he's still a. <laughs> do they lip smack? They like do. That they go when, when they say no. They go. Oh, oh. God. Uh, they, because he's still a 25, 100, 90, 300. But his well, stolen bases. Uh, that's look at what Steamer has for him. His Steamer has got him yeah. hitting 295 with 100 runs, 24 homers, 92 RBI, and 12 swipes. So you know th this this is a guy, and I feel like. His value should come up this year because second base is a garbage wasteland uh, for the most part. I'm sure there's deals that, you know, everyone has their secret deals at second base that that they're going to have. But, you know, Altuve is a great player with first round potential. If he steals 15 to 20 bases, no one would bat an eye. I, don't, I wouldn't put him for that. I would put him for like 12 to 15 like Steamer has. Um, but he's coming out. He's had knee injuries the last couple years and his batting average fell from 338 and 346 to 316 and 298. Yeah. He's still a great hitter even with a knee injury. He should be more healthy coming into this season. And um, I fan. think the Astros are, are going to need to produce more runs. So I think that the stolen bases are going to tick up coming off the injury and the Astros not being, uh, they're still going to be great, but 
you know, you got to have a little bit for those trash cans. So uh, I feel like uh, he's going to steal more than 10 bases this year, hit around 300, and still have somewhere in the neighborhood of 25 bombs. So I'm all about drafting Jose Altuve at a weak position in the third round. Yeah, I think I mean, that's a great value. And if, and if you care about projections, I mean, Steamer projects, projects him with the fourth highest batting average, I believe the third highest RBI, the most runs, the most hits, um, the highest, I already said the batting average, and it, you know I'm not I'm not doing the WRC plus thing, but WRC plus <laughs> if it's valuing you know positionally, he's the top, he's the tops, and guess what? You can potentially get the best second baseman, and it doesn't cost you inside the second round. It doesn't. It costs you at the back end of the third into the fourth, and we know as a hitter, even if he doesn't, if you take away the stolen bases for a minute, and you get 25, 100, 90, and a 300 batting average. That's going to return value like that. That and that's a median type of a hitting season for him. That'll return top four round value. Then you throw in the potential that stolen bases come back a little bit. I think he's a safe, good value. He's usually never a value. Now he is Altuve all day long. The next two we debated against each other, and I feel like we don't need to go crazy into because we kind of have. But right, if you. This would be an ITL mantra this year. Blake Snell and Chris Sale are absolute values in both of our eyes. They're, we literally said this is probably where we're going to start when we start with pitching. Maybe Max Scherzer, uh, maybe some of the other spots. But to think that you've got guys that are going off as the 10th and 11th pitcher, the back end of the third round into the fourth round. We're talking in 12-team, by the way. Um, they're still they're still third to fourth in a 15 but you're looking at these guys, Blake Snell at 10 and Chris Sale at 11, at their position where you can wait and get all that dominant hitting and still get in on them. It's worthwhile because they both had weird injury stuff that, I mean, Chris Sale is more worrisome, but his upside is even higher. Where Blake Snell, I think he's being discounted even though he came back fresh and it it just doesn't add up, especially with guys above him right now. That Both of these guys could return top five overall SP value that you get at 10. They're no brainers to me, both of these guys. Yeah, I, I'm 100% with you. And I feel like, to me specifically, Altuve and Sale have the best value inside the top 50, in my opinion, uh, because these guys are both, you know, potential first rounders. They're coming off a couple down years. Uh, Sale specifically with the elbow stuff that he has said uh, he feels great. Uh, he's on track to make it for opening day and pitch in spring training and all that stuff. So, you know, obviously something changes with that. The ranking moves down and he's no longer value and all that stuff. But as long as, you know, he's saying and doing and it's looking like all the stuff is right, I- I'm all on board sure. on taking Chris Sale. And I think he is a fantastic value. These guys could return first round value easy. You're getting them in the third round. And even if they uh, adjust, dude, I love it. Even if they adjust, because they will adjust. You know, everyone's going to be talking. Like Chris Sale's going to get a lot of love. Chris Sale leaving 2019 was still being drafted in the top five, and then the there's continuous like arm issues, and you know some of the positive seasons for guys like Clevenger and Bieber, and the excitement have made them adjust. I believe Chris Sale is going to readjust by March. I think people will be taking him off around the seventh pitcher. And even then, he's still going to be a good value. Blake Snell, kind of the same thing. I think he's going to kind of stay for a bit. But I think there's the potential that both of these guys, um, even with a bigger boost up, are still going to be good values. And this is where you're talking about such a hitting-rich top 50 
that you can take advantage. You can take advantage of some of these values we've talked about. You can get your first-round hitter, not take Garrett Cole. You can come into second round, and you could get a value of Jose Ramirez with stolen bases or go to J.D. Martinez, and then you could you could potentially still get a Jose Altuve. Then you could come back in the fourth and get Chris Sale. There's a lot of floor, a lot of good upside, and a ton of value. And, Bogman, it takes me to the final guy, who I think is one of the better values in the entire top 50. He's actually kind of the guy for me that sparked me wanting to you know like talk about this top 50 values because I think he's there. Maybe the numbers aren't extraordinarily crazy, but I think for where he's now going, he should be kind of going in the top 30. And ADPs have Charlie Black. Black. Man? Black. I have Charlie Blackman go. I'm going to officially confirm it here on Draft Champions where it's moved. And we're using Draft Champions, by the way. We've said it before, but we're using it because it's like where a lot of the industry and more high dollar stuff is moved to. So it's just maybe a little bit. It follows the trends a little bit more than current NFBC uh, ADP, and there's no other good information out there right now. Charlie Blackman is going off as the 48th player, as high as 35 in draft champions, so you know, but he's going off at 48. And I ran his three-year average. And here here are his three-year averages. Let me give you last year's just for uh, argument's sake here, so I'm not jumping too ahead. He had the second most homers in the last three years or four years at 32. He had 112 runs, which is the lowest in the last three years. 86 RBIs, which is the second highest. His stolen bases plummeted down to two when he was in the teens, and his batting average was the second highest in the last three years. Now, he had injury issues that kept him from running last year. Could he not run a whole bunch more? It's totally possible. Over the last three years, here is his averages. 312 with 32 homers, 122 RB runs, I'm sorry, 86 RBIs, and nine stolen bases. His steamer projections, 30 homers, 101 runs, 84 RBIs, eight stolen bases, and a 294 batting average. So they're just skimming a bit off the top of his three-year average. Man, if I get 3,185 <laughs> with Man. a 300 batting average and right around 10 stolen bases at 50 in my draft, I'm all about that. The floor of that to get my return of top 50 value is insane insanely positive it is uh, well, like lock it in but the upside with charlie blackman still sits there if you get 35 homers 120 runs if he does steal 12 to 15 stolen right. bases he is a he is one of the biggest floor values that he's one of the few guys i look at bogman that i go i mean i know he's less sexy and i know there's colorado splits splits but he still hits in colorado and he's going off as the cheapest value we've seen in God knows how long. It's just such so easy to get hit the return on him. We talked about this in the debate episode. He's basically J.D. Martinez going at 20 spots lower than J.D. Martinez. Yeah. So a little it's less just RBIs, dumb. significant. I'd say quote, yeah, but significantly he, has, he scores less more runs. Yeah, he, he scores more runs, and the homers uh, could you know wind up evening out. I mean, J.D. Martinez usually hits a ton, but uh, th- these guys are very close in value, and he's going 20 spots lower at least in most drafts. It, so I am all about, like, if you want to skip J.D. and take a, a pitcher, then uh, take Charlie Blackman two rounds later. That's a great deal for you. I, so I totally I, agree. I love that. I totally agree. I think Charlie Blackman's the best value in the top 50 because, yeah. you know, if you 
if you think the one season that was hampered with some injuries, he no longer steals bases, okay. But like, if you also are like, well, he, you know, he got injured. He injured, stopped stealing bases. Do you know he has played 140 games or more every year since 2014? So yeah. he is consistent. He is out there. He's producing. He has scored over 100 runs for four straight years. It's the first year in four years he hasn't had double-digit stolen bases, and his batting average hasn't dipped below 291 in four years. It's been over 300 for three of the four of those, and you're getting him at 48. Give me Charlie Blackman on all of my teams to balance out any stupid risk I have, maybe the outfield position not being as depthy. Charlie Blackman allows you to go and get a first baseman and a second baseman early. Give me Altuve. Maybe I'll take a risk on Pete Alonzo. And guess what? Blackman and Altuve, they balance out the batting average that I miss. Altuve and Blackman give me a few stolen bases. And maybe in the first round, I was able to go and pick up uh, a Ronald Acuna or a Christian Yelich. I'm all about the construction of that team. And Charlie Blackman allows you a bunch of this stuff. So I think he's the biggest value. Maybe I'm overblown. Maybe people don't agree. Maybe people think it's just like, okay, whatever, he's fine. I think he's a killer value that you haven't seen in a in a long time. You know, you know what? Everyone with the exception of Jose Ramirez on this list has super high floors. They yeah. all have very, very high floors. And older too. for that They're matter. older too. Yeah. And, and maybe that's us getting older, you know, uh, well, you know but this doing, is, but, doing the old man thing and taking the players that have been there for a long time. But we know the high end But they're not. These guys. But dude, like, I'm drafting Tatis Jr. as much yeah, as I can. He's true. not a yeah. value. He costs, right. he's a risk. He's a huge right. risk upside. Juan Soto, same thing. Juan Soto is effing awesome. I would love him on all my teams, but how much more upside is there on him? And he's not cost efficient. I'm not saying you don't draft him. I'll draft him all day, but I'm just saying he doesn't qualify as a value here. Those guys, and it just so happens to be shocker, shocker, that these are older players that not all of them had down years, but there's some injury downish year risk that's attached to these players and people have adjusted this year and I I think you know you want to minimize it maybe you don't want to take all the guys that had back issues and stuff like that but they all provide different forms of whatever your draft strategy is value and I think this is a good list it's tough to pull them from the top 50 I'll bet you 51 through 100 is going to look quite different next week Bogman but this is a yeah it's a good list. It's a good list. All right, uh, second up on the episode, as we talk to you about what we wanted to talk about, now it's time to hear what you got to say. It is ITL Ballback time. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. ITL. I seem to be dropping all your mail. Ah! I guess I'm a clumsy mailman. The guy had the ball. You're a bad mailman. ITLBallBag at gmail.com. That is the email. It changed about four months ago, so make sure you get it, and we'll give you a little bit of a leeway because, you know, first episode back and a little bit of runway time, but just remember, every Thursday is the ball back episode, so send the questions in by early Wednesday. You can do it now for next week if you want. It can be anything under the sun, but do know that 
we are going to be talking Dynasty the next couple of weeks, so get some Dynasty stuff in here. I want to hear that type of thing. Uh, it'll work well with the episode, but we are here to answer your questions because we are the podcast of the people. What do these mouth breathers want to know? No, don't call them I'm mouth sorry, breathers. I'm sorry. I'm what sorry. are you doing? I called myself a mouth breather earlier. You did. RBIs. You did. Mouth breathers. So what do these RBIs want? Uh, the first <laughs> Ooh, one is- I like that, by uh, the way. Let's start. Let's use RBIs no, in place of no. words we can't say in 2020. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I actually kind of like that. I so I'm that. like, these damn RBIs over here aren't hitting for RBI? I, how about that? Let, let's. I'm, I need to figure out how we can turn this into a T-shirt. What it exactly looks like, but um, let's do that. RBIs is now in place of words you're not allowed to say in 2020. All right, what do these RBIs the first want? One is so specific too. It's so funny. Uh, what's up, gentlemen? In AL only leagues, are there any buy low players coming off injuries that you are targeting? How about uh, Salvador Perez or Carlos Carrasco? Thanks from our guy Nate. So do you have those are good examples? I think well, we, uh, we kind of that's a great one. It's Sal, Salvador Perez is a really good one because I don't like to buy catchers, and I'm not buying catchers. But I mean, we took Salvador Perez in one of our best balls. He's someone that people are forgetting about. You know, people are really hyped up about guys like Will Smith and Salvador's falling pretty far back. I'm unsold on Carrasco right now. I don't feel confident enough enough to be like he's this major buy because there's some serious medical stuff that attached to him. We did also talk about, I think, a multitude of players. You know, uh, Blake Snell falls in those lines right. of injuries, but maybe that's not quite what you're looking for because like Mondesi coming off the labrum tear. Uh, I think a I lot like of people used, are targeting he wants, him. He wants like lower names because he threw Carrasco and Perez out. Like colors. Uh, I just don't think he's going to get enough production this year. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a McCullers guy, but he, I mean, uh, he's always coming off. You know which one? Here's one I really like more than Carrasco: Kluber. Yeah, I mean, I like yeah, Kluber uh, more. Kluber's a good one. I I don't know if Kluber's low enough if we're talking low guys, but well, dude, yeah, he's I around mean, Carrasco, Corey Kluber is going off as the ninety third overall player. Really, not Texas. low. Yeah. Well, what is what is that among starting pitchers? It's got to be fairly low. It's above um, Sonny Gray, below. I mean, Otani. You want to consider Otani? Oh, he's below Brandon Woodruff and Otani. I don't know exactly which pitcher that is. I'd have to go okay. and sort by yeah, pitcher. Yeah, you'd have to count out the relievers and stuff, I know. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that there's anyone. there. I, I would say that there's no one that jumps off of the page right now that I say, oh, everybody's forgetting about this guy because he was hurt. I, I think that um, you know which one might if be? there is one, it would be Perez would be my guy. Yeah, I mean, Perez is a fine one. I, I would point back to some of the top names. You know, an, an interesting one might be uh, Fran Moraes. You know, Fran Moraes, because I believe he had an injury last year, and he's kind of fallen down if you like really big homers. Um, Cleveland's just like a really interesting spot. Another one, if he were to go to the AL, I'd watch a guy like Yasiel Puig, but I, it doesn't feel like he's going to. It feels like he's going go to uh, he's gonna go to the NL. But I think that's about appropriate. I'm kind of scanning through, seeing who jumps out to me. There's a few guys that actually have a risk of being moved to the NL that I probably wouldn't point out here. Uh, maybe Hunter Dozier. People kind of forgot about Hunter Dozier. He uh, chopped off a little bit on the back end of the year, but I think that's a half-decent Upton. list. Uh, uh, Upton. Oh, where is Upton going right now? Oh look where he yeah. is because, uh, I, look, I'm not, a, uh, I'm not a Justin Upton guy, but that's a dude that could hit 30 homers, and if he's getting absolutely buried because he came off the knee injury, 
you know, missing basically the entire season. Uh, where, where is he going right now? You have it? <laughs> I, I did. You know what I did? I'm so stupid. People might have heard a click there. Instead of control Fing, I control alt deleted. My computer's like, hey, do you want to? Do you want to disappear? And I was like, no, oh, no, no, I didn't. Um, he is going. <laughs> Your computer's off. like, would you like to delete the whole computer? <laughs> That's almost what it did. He his ADP is that right? This doesn't seem right. Because uh, it I mean, collectively he hit 215 last year and 12 homers over 63 games, but he was hurt like the whole year. Drafted, so. it, this is kind of an oddity. He he shows us the 146 player, but his ADP is 240. So okay, <laughs> yeah, because there's just a well, big collective of guys that are like going off around the same. Gen- Am I on outfield right, or right. something? What's happening here? Oh, well, I'm on utility. I'm on utility. Hold uh, on, that's why. That's why. That was my is. control. I'll delete. Two thirty, two thirty-eight is the player. Two forty ADP. So that's correct. His the six seasons before last year, his low in homers was 26, and he hit 12 last year. Yeah. So I know he's a little bit older. He's been up for a long time, but he's still, you know, he's going into his 32 year old season. I got so, a better buy. He's a not lot due like to injury. Uh, how about um, Nomar Mazzara? Change in scenery yeah. with Chicago. I like it's not injury, but his value is below Justin Upton. Uh, I like that as a little bit of a buy uh, later. So there you go for your AL only question. What up, fellas? Do you foresee any realistic scenario where Brendan McKay doesn't start this season on the Rays big league roster? I'm trying to figure out if he's worth protecting from the draft or not points league where he would count as one player, but I get both pitching and hitting stats. I can keep seven major leaguers. Here's my top 10. He's got Verlander, Syndergaard, Kershaw, Bumgarner, Stanton, Albies, Alvarez, Eloy, uh, Castellanos, and Otani. Would you roster no. McKay over any of those guys? No. Absolutely not. Absolutely Related, not even remotely uh, close to like no. maybe Bumgarner, but you know what? No. Uh, Carlos Santana over any of those guys? Nope. Nope. I I looked at him as a value heading into last year, and I was happily rewarded. Not sure I see him being quite as valuable in 2020. Thanks. Glad you're back. And that's from our guy Steve S. Thank you for the question, but I think you're all set with what you've got right. Yeah, there. I mean, so. you only keep seven of those guys. You're keeping Verlander, Sin. Well, you just deleted it, but Verlander, well, Syndergaard. Yeah. Okay, so you've got uh, Verlander, Syndergaard, Kershaw, Stanton, Albies, Alvarez, and Eloy, and that would be putting back Castellanos, Otani, Bumgarner. You know, so right, you're you you set, brother. You you are all yeah. That's a great roster to start with yeah. for sure. Uh, is there any utility in worrying about the dead and ball we saw in the playoffs? If so or not, which players will see the biggest fall in ranks? I think I see th- this is one where I think that it's um, it, it doesn't really matter because I think that everyone is kind of affected equally. Uh, how do you approach injury prone situations? I mean, well, well hold I on. guess let's, let's, let's yeah, answer yeah, let's yeah, go right. right. I didn't realize there were two questions. So. I didn't either. Um, as soon as you were saying that, I'm like, oh, yeah, let's focus uh, one at a time here. Um, so what was the, I'm sorry, kind of repeat. Like the, the he's saying who, the, who the, gets hurt by the, if the juice ball yep. goes away? Yes. I think, I think it kind of affects most guys equally. Obviously, the huge, huge power guys like Stanton and guys that hit those tape measure homers, maybe they're affected a little bit less than everybody else. But for the most part, I think it's, it, you know, it affects everyone kind of the same. Yeah. I mean, I mean, cause baseball did acknowledge, you know, that whole thing where they're like, Oh, we did see, you know, the, the seams, blah, 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 the balls were done a little bit there. You know, they're doing all that nonsense. You can get granular if you'd like. I know there's people out there that have, um, You'll see a lot of postings of like home run to fly ball ratios that adjusted uh, year in and year out. You can go look at spray charts. Um, and I'm essentially telling you, you can go to other people if you would like to, uh, <laughs> if you'd like to get some of that. I think there's some, 
guy like Christian Yelich always seems like someone we could pick apart, you know, because the last couple of years he has maintained a home run to fly ball ratio that's almost looks unsustainable. He was a leader last year at 32.8. Uh, his hard hit percentage is way up there. In theory, you could do that. I would think another place you can go and look would maybe be like, okay, guys like Danny Santana, by the way. That would be somebody that I think is getting the benefit of the, a little bit of the benefit of the juice ball. There's some utility players that have jumped up, and there might be a couple guys whose value maybe chops off a little bit, like a guy like uh, Glaber Torres. You know, if he's not hitting 40 homers and he's in the 30s, is he more average? But, um, I, I think it's worthwhile maybe also, you know, you can go and take a look, which I'm just not doing right now, is the – you can look at, like, um, the baseball savant type of data. Like a guy – like, I've kind of held on to this, and I'm a little bit lower on him than other people, but Alex Bregman, otherworldly type of a player, his average home run um, distance was, like, 386. And that's – you know, it is picking a stat to tell a narrative, but that's also incredibly low comparative across the board. And that could be something where you say, okay, a little bit of juice ball. His, uh, you know, the baseball isn't flying on average as much as even the average major leaguer. So if the ball tightens up is a little bit, it's not flying. Is that something that you would? Uh, I didn't mean to interrupt you here, but is that something that you would lower his ranking for, or is that just another like? Is that just a tick against him where you're not going to necessarily lower him? I'm already lowering but it's something. Him. Okay, you're lowering him. Yeah, okay. I'm already right, well, lowered. That's good to know. Yeah, I've already lowered him. Um, I mean, 44% hard hit rate is pretty solid. There's a medium percent rate. I mean, his soft soft contact is under 15%, which is good. He had about an 18% home run to fly ball rate, but his average home run distance was like 386. So, you know, projections are with me. The steamer projections have him, I think, at, you know, what did he just hit, like 40-something? He's down at like 34 this year. So right. that would be a player. I think there's some of those top-end guys that really maxed out at homers. Maybe you could – like, Cattell Marte would be someone I think people would pick on, but that dude crushed the ball. He's got he, power. He hit the yeah. third farthest homer last year. So I don't think that's necessarily one of those issues. But I, I think there's a top-off of some of the pop-off players. Maybe Yelich centers out a little bit on the power front. Maybe a guy like Bregman doesn't hit into the 40s and he's in the low 30s. Maybe he slumps a little bit. But that's just picking apart a few things. I'd come back to where Bogman was kind of saying, like, I think I think it's a little bit overblown. And all it's going to do, well, wait, in theory, what it do is it takes off the top of everybody. But if that did happen, it would make guys like we talked about Judge and Alonzo and Stanton more valuable. But we've already been saying you should have countered your strategies by now that don't just be like, oh, everybody has power, I don't need it. No, you still need the elite power to try to get ahead of everybody else. So both ways, if the ball is juiced or not, those guys give you the advantage because they, they're they're not susceptible to the, you know, the, the juice ball readjusting itself. Uh, how do you approach injury-prone situations? I'm increasingly ignoring it because a guy is injury-prone until he isn't, and he is healthy until he isn't. Not sure how an amateur can even incorporate that into rankings. Anyway, keep up the good work. Regards, our boy Simon. That's better for uh, you, man. I just don't incorporate injuries remotely close to what other people do. And, I, and I've backed off on it uh, way more than I have in the past, but it is a factor, but it has to be a guy that's like, constantly missing games. I mean, we're talking 
you know, basically every season. And uh, it it can't be like, oh, well, this guy had an injury last year when he had had 150 the two or three seasons before. That that it's different. It's a guy that is constantly playing 120 games, a guy that is constantly getting 25 starts instead of 32. Like it has to be in every year for three years or more type of a thing. I think that's probably the measuring stick is has this guy missed a decent amount of games in three straight seasons. Yeah. That's where I would kind of put the mark. I, I'm cool with that. If you say that if the guy has significant games missed in the last three seasons and his val he, like where he's being drafted doesn't adjust. That's where I care. Like Stanton, I pick on all the time, but like he's not going in the second round anymore. He's now going right. in like the fourth or fifth. So that's like a much different situation. And I also counter it, you know, like the Scherzer thing is a perfect example where everybody on the planet is, I don't even think everyone's actually making a, an aggressive, crazy adjustment, but like I tier wise view him differently than the rest of other people because I'm not associating this one off injury season when he's been more durable than anybody. So I just value it less. Uh, hey, fellas, we hear about sleepers, but what players are you avoiding at their current ADP value? Thanks, Derek. We're going to hit this harder uh, over the course of the next couple months here. But are there any the Welsh that jump off the page to you right now? Like my big one is probably Garrett Cole. I'm not going to take him in the middle of the first round. Uh, where he's going at six, but are there any other ones that kind of leap off the page at you as far as you're like, I am just not taking this guy yeah. at this at ADP right now. It's probably early pitching stuff. Like mine's not so much like, even though I've kind of been doing it, it's not about railing on Cole. Like he's not going to be good. I said, he's still going to be the number one guy. No, he's still, yeah. I'm just not interested. I, 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 yeah, exactly. I just middle of the first round, I'm yeah. taking a hitter. It doesn't matter. Um, so. I'd say Flaherty as well. I'm lower on Flaherty than most people. There's a split camp. A you know, one. even though like, you know, we did the poll and like it was like 70% kind of had this same view of like, listen, he's better and good, but he's not a top 10 starting pitcher, yet he's going in like number seven. So I'm not into that. I'm not into that at all because he he's six spots off from Max Scherzer. And his second half was absolutely unreal, but it is it looks like one of the most unsustainable things. Um VR VR I just I have a hard yeah. time with the overall trust and he is like no discount right now. He's going around 31. If he was in the 40s or if he's in the late 40s to 50s, I might have a little bit more interest. And if I could pick out any others, I don't know, catchers, you know. I'm not taking a top 100 catcher. So J.T. <laughs> Romito and Gary Sanchez, those are just a couple that are off the top of my head. Yeah, I mean, the big one that, that jumps out to me, I mean, you mentioned his counterpart, but Strasburg and Flaherty, I feel like, are going too high. Strasburg finally put together that that awesome year last year, and I feel like now is the year where everyone's like, well, he's done it. I'm taking We're put Strasburg him over Flaherty, though. Yeah, I, I, I think... That's me, though. I think I, I would take Flaherty, but I think I'm going to... I, it's like I would take him one spot over Strasburg, but they're both way lower than where they're going uh, right now. So, but I'm with you on VR and a lot of you know guys that are coming off a gigantic career year. I, I'm not necessarily there are some guys I will take like Marte, but there are other guys that I'm like, mm, let's take it back just a little bit, yeah. just a little bit. So, uh, but we're, we're going to hit that question harder, obviously, over the next couple months. Yep. Uh, some questions from our group me room here. 
Uh, standard redraft leagues, which rookies will get enough playing time to be relevant? That's from CK. You have a couple just obviously, you know, that's a prospect one question more. But uh, what do you think for redraft leagues this year? Yeah, I mean, if if you want safety, obviously Robert, by the way, is somebody that right. gets that. Big one. Uh, you, have to, you have to take this all with a grain of salt because you're asking me a question that I cannot answer for baseball. My guess, uh, Joe Adele is uh, at the top of the list. I think Joe Adele comes up early-ish this year. I'd also put Jesus Lazardo kind of in that same category. Dylan Carlson with the Cardinals, uh, a 2020 type of an outfielder. Uh, Royce Lewis uh, with the Twins, multi-position eligible. Um, if he struggles with batting average, it, that's going to hurt. Uh, I'd say Alex Kirloff is another one of those guys. He's been playing a lot of first base if uh, – you know, pending what happens with the Twins and their corner infield situation, Kirloff could be one of those guys. That's a couple names. Um, I mean, I could I could go on and on. Um, that's something yeah. we do for Prospect 1. But, you know, if, if I'm drafting in maybe a little bit deeper of a league and I'm going into the prospect range, Joe Adele, Lizardo, Royce Lewis, Dylan Carlson, that's where I start. I start with those guys. And, and Whitley, I'm sorry. I should have put Forrest Whitley in there as well. And then there's a collection of names that are – more riskier bets. And you know what I'm not even mentioning right now? Evan White. Evan White did, uh, no one's talking about him. Evan White pulled the Luis Robert, signed a deal, and he's probably going to be the opening day first baseman for the Mariners. So those guys are like a good collective to focus on. And uh, Nick Madrigal, too. There's another one. Uh, Thomas says, is there any value in the Baltimore Orioles young outfield of Hayes, Santander, and the others? Uh, I personally, I, I kind of like Santander. Santander. You might have had Santander, Santander. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm too white, so well, it's I didn't, Santander. I mean, yeah, it took Santander. me forever to get that. Well, um, I mean, Austin Tony Hayes. Santander. Austin Hayes isn't guaranteed, and he's not even projected in there. Trey Mancini technically is an outfielder, not a first baseman, right. but like Mancini has huge value to me. The only other one of interest is uh, Santander. I, I dig him. Yeah. Santander, uh, he's he, Ross Resource got to hit, hit him hitting three. Yeah. And it, like I said, the quietest 20 homers in baseball history probably totally. last year because he only played 93 games, but he hit 261. He's hitting in the three hole. I, I like him. You know, uh, Nunez, who another guy that was quiet last yeah. year but very productive, is cleaning him up. So I, I like Santander. Yeah. I mean, um, projections also like 260, 25, 70, 75, call it. Like that's pretty good for at the bottom barrel of a draft. So, yeah, Santander is someone to look at in deeper leagues. A po you, who's your pick for a post-hype sleeper like Giolito was last year? And that is from Aaron S. You got one, Welsh? Um, does he want pitcher or does he just want, like, overall? Just overall. I would say since he didn't ask Boy, for specifics. I probably, I mean, I should have focused on this. I mean, we're going to kind of do an episode about this. Post-hype sleeper. I'm just trying to see if I can give you a good one. Like, you know who I want to give you? I want to give you Chris Bryant, but that's like a whole other ball game. You know what I mean? Like, but everyone's yeah, cooled on him, you, to be fair. You just want to talk about Chris Bryant. Do. You can say it. It's fine. I kind of do. You know who, um, oh, man, eh, I kind of don't want to say this one. You know who could be like. <laughs> what, are you trying to keep it for yourself? No, You're an it's you just like people are going to roll their eyes at this one because I still haven't given up. This is the year to give up. All right. He is the post hype, mm -hmm. post hype, 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 post, post, post sleeper. I feel like I know who you're going to say. Say it. Kyle Tucker. No, no, no. That's a good one. He's, yeah, he's kind of a post hypey. Uh, Byron Buxton. Oh, well, okay. Look, DVR, 
uh, said it to me. I, I, I can't remember if it was on the episode where we were doing Ramirez versus Rendon or after, but he said he's he's still going to be taking me too. Byron. Fox I, did, I didn't catch a single draft. I, I'm, I'm so. still with it. He's a 2020 threat. Steamer puts him on 2020. If the guy can just stay healthy this year, they've got pieces to drive him in for him to drive in. That's going to probably be if, if I could just pick one that jumps out, it's Byron Buxton. I kind of like Schwarber too, just the, the well, enormous power. That happened last year, though. Yeah, I I know, but I still he's still going, you know, round one fifty. Well, will yeah, I, he'll be in one of our value uh, podcasts that we do here in the next couple of weeks for sure. Right, exactly. I I'm still a Schwarber guy, so I think uh, I think Tucker, probably Tucker and um, Buxton are the two big ones. Yeah. Uh, Chad G, this is an interesting question, and he he I added. Rogers in this. I know Rogers is coming off the labrum surgery, but Ryan McMahon versus Garrett Hampson. Uh, how do you see that playing out? And Brendan Rogers has to be in there for time at second base in Colorado too. So that was his first one. What do you think of of that question? Ah, oh, man, it is. Uh, that is a rough one. So he, what is he? I'm sorry. What is he? He just wants to know McMahon versus Hampson. Who to pick? Yeah, basically. Hampson won people leagues last year with an insane like September. It was nuts. I mean, he, I think the majority. I'm gonna. I need to look real quick because now I want to give you right. I'm almost positive that the majority of his production on the entire year, he was an absolute laughable disappointment for all of you that lost your mind about drafting him. Like I was anti. Um, I was very anti <laughs> Hampson last year, you and were. people were taking him like 120. He um, was could not have been more laughable. Here's his September: five homers and nine stolen bases. Five homers and nine stolen bases he had in September. He had eight homers and 15 stolen bases all year. So his entire production came from September, but that leaves people excited. I lean that it is going to be a timeshare. I think Hampson is the more valuable player, but I think McMahon might get more run. So if I were to take, I don't know, man. I, I think, think when there's three guys in here and they'll move they'll move some of these guys around. I mean, we know David Dahl only played 50 games, right? Hampson could so, go in the outfield uh, and that could change right. things. So maybe Hampson is the pick here, but I think McMahon has a better potential for more playing time, but Hampson has more impactful fantasy value. Yes, I, I I'm 100% on that. And if they're both healthy, if if the Rockies are fairly healthy, when Rogers comes back, uh, I don't know when that is supposed to be. He might be ready uh, to start doing stuff around opening day, but we know we know what that means. Yeah. When you're ready to start doing stuff around opening day, you're still a month away. So uh, if he comes back, this whole situation is foobar, and I don't want any part yeah. of it. Let's do uh, let's do three more. Let's we'll save the others okay. for the next week episode. Let's pick you pick three more that you dig. Okay, so uh, we kind of answered the Joe Adele question already. Yeah, Dan Fu asked uh, about opening day. I would just quickly say, like, I mean, I think it could happen, and I think it's the best course, but I would put, like, 30% opening day. But by May 1st, I'd put, like, 85%. Uh, our guy Ethan says, hey, guys, love the show and everything y'all do. Uh, uh, in my 10-team keeper league, we had a member get punished for something he did uh, last year. He was... Uh, a league manager and vetoed uh, vetoed two trades uh, in favor of his matchups. This offseason, the rest of the league votes that he should be punished for this, and we voted that he doesn't get a keeper for this year. Do you all think this is a fair punishment, or should we have done something in the moment last season? Thanks for your input and the hard work you all do to make a great podcast. I, that's, every human uh, being, hold on, every human being knows exactly what we're about to say, and I just yeah. we can collectively say this, your mistake is that you allow 
any voting whatsoever. Well, any vetoing, any well, vetoing. But he what he vetoed these, and he's the commissioner. I think that's that's. Uh, I he, didn't get that. He was he just, a league no, manager. A manager. Look, listen, he was a league manager and vetoed two trades. Well, you can't you can't veto just as a manager. You can't unless they're saying that you have to have. Um, yeah, I'm not understanding. If he's the commissioner, I feel like he's the commissioner. Oh yes. well, then he's a scumbag, and he should be. I mean, you shouldn't play in that league. I right. took it as somebody else should be the commissioner. I took it as you guys have veto trade stuff out there, and then he vetoed trades in his matchup. If you're saying he's a commissioner, he vetoed two trades that were while he was playing players in his matchup. Then he's a dick bag, and I don't see. <laughs> and and if you allow uh the commissioner to veto trades without ruling across the league that's even worse than having vetoes so well, i think the commissioner always has that power to uh to get rid of a trade like i don't like in our basketball league this is a problem this has been a problem in the past where we keep the last seven rounds as uh those are where our keepers go right and um people would trade those last round picks and i would veto the trade and just tell those guys put it in the right well, way that's without not the same those last pick. yeah that's not i, the same I know thing. but you always have you, like if you're the commissioner, you always have the ability. To oh, do I'm that. not saying that. I'm saying that done, the league allowed him to do it. Right. You should have done something in the moment. Uh, it, it's over with, and someone else should be commissioner. You can't have that guy running stuff. Yeah, that if he's guy's running lame. stuff that's only in his favor. You just can't have him running stuff. You need to take over. That's what I would say, Ethan. Yeah. Um, Jag has a, a, a joke one in that, here. Will yeah. the Diamondbacks stop being cowards and just announce Puig already? No. Stop Jag. trying to get all the no questions Puig. in, Bogman. You're trying to get all the questions uh, in. Do you? Uh, here's one from Mike Meyer. Do you all see Tyler O'Neill developing into anything more than what he is now, fourth to fifth outfielder, power hitter with high strikeouts and low walks, and an average fielder from Mike? I mean, I don't. Um, I got good friends in the industry that feel so different than me about it. I have been anti Tyler O'Neill since he was out here in the fall league. And like, he's a weird. Uh, here's what I'll say I think he's a dude that could pop off. He can be a late bloomer. This could be the year, by the way. He's a big muscle-bound freak. He can run. He's shown the ability to absolutely break out. He could do the thing. But I feel like the Cardinals are continuously doing things to not give him an opportunity. They want Bader over him. There's other guys developing. They're probably going to bring in a guy that's going to make him lose his gig. I'm just not into it. Like, maybe he develops. I see him as a fourth outfielder that'll have a year or two that'll pop off, but then he'll pair back down. I'm just not interested in him. But sure, you know, he's a 30-20 type of a potential guy that hasn't come remotely close to putting it together, so I say average. Uh, yeah, and I I would go with the Welsh. Uh, here's the last one, and yeah. it's the last question on the sheet, the Welsh. Uh, dear Rick and Morty, <clears throat> I don't know if I have a good Morty voice here. Uh, nobody exists. <clears throat> Hold on, let me try this again. Right. Nobody exists on purpose. Nobody belongs anywhere. We're all gonna die. Come listen to ITL. Yeah. Hey, food stealers, baby. Uh, food baseball's stealers. back, baby. Uh, love these debates. Keep up the great work. I have a hot take and a question. Hot take: Neither Verlander or Cole will be a top twenty pitcher. That's <laughs> okay. That's just that. <laughs> that is a sun level hot take. I mean, that that's is, just I don't know what like. If you are saying they're both going to get hurt. Are they going to die in a car crash together? Like, how How are neither one of these guys going to be in the top 20? Yeah, Come on. I mean, the only logic to that is they both get hurt, like, in April. Uh, so, okay. Right, right. 
Uh, 16 man keeper league, keep five, keeping Harper, Soto, Castillo, and Bueller. Should I keep Machado or Boba Shett? Uh, and then he did the Rick. I turned myself into a pickle Welsh. I'm pickle Bogman. Thanks, fellas. Barrow. Which one's Morty? Uh, I thought, is Morty the kid? Uh, you know what? Yeah, I think you I mixed it up. up. Yeah, you mixed yeah, it up. Yeah, I did. It's, doesn't Morty uh, go I, like, nobody before, exists on purpose? Nobody belongs yeah. anywhere? We're all going <laughs> to die. You son of a bitch. I'm yeah. in. Um, Looks like uh, yeah, I turned I myself into a pickle Welsh. I'm pickle yeah, pot. That looks pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Machado me. or Boba Shet? Uh, oh, oh, oh. Mm. That's mm. kind of a tough one. I kind of want to say. What, what did he say this was? I'm sorry. Uh, is it head to head roto points? Something? Mm, I don't know. I don't think he said. I think he said he just he said he's keeping five. I want to throw back Castillo and keep both Machado and Bichette, to be honest with you. Throw back the pitcher. I'm okay with that. And I don't think a lot of people actually will like that. I think a lot of people, this is what the majority of people that care about Dynasty are saying right now. Got to keep Bichette. Screw Machado. He's a loser. He sucks in San Diego. All right, well, he's also a guy that has shown to be a 35, you know, multi-stolen base, high batting average, that are turning around and they have a bunch of, I just don't want to give up on Machado yet. So I feel like Machado has better value than Castillo and its keeper. And maybe 16-team, it's tough to get rid of both of those pitchers, which I understand. So I guess if you had to choose, I probably would throw back Machado, but I'm more likely to throw back Castillo and keep those hitters. I mean, I I think whatever you do, I'm keeping Machado. So if you decide to throw back Castillo and keep both the shortstops, that's fine. If you are picking between Machado and Bichette, I'm going to take Machado. Yeah, that's a tough one. you got to keep Bueller, Harper, and Soto. Those are gimmies. But um, those are tough ones. And if you posed a question we didn't answer, it will carry over to next week. And what's actually good about it is I think I think um, at least one of them is like a dynasty-ish type of question. So next week, what we have for you is we are going to talk about dynasty ranks. So dynasty-centric questions will go to the front of the line. And uh, I'm going to talk about my dynasty ranks, Boggs. We're not going to focus on the entire list. I think it's maybe more appropriate to talk about the top 100, um, the philosophy, because there are multiple philosophies to take when you're drafting in Dynasty. So we're going to talk about values. We'll talk about the different teams, the win now, the balanced, or the all prospect. That changes, and that's why that's why Dynasty ranks are not fluid. And I think you really have to um, you got to have a good eye. And I personally believe you should have a balance when you're looking at dynasty ranks, a balance of what 2020 values are redraft and what the dynasty is. Unless if you've just given up and you're just like, I'm going to just have an all prospect team. Okay. That's different. And there are ranks out there that can help you, but I don't think it's all created equal. And that's why it's appropriate for conversation. So we're going to talk about my ranks. We'll maybe look at some industry, um, what is out there ranks and we'll answer uh, questions in the episode after. So it's just going to be dynasty centric. And then the week after, dynasty mock draft we're doing and we will be filling that from the itl army so that will be lots and lots of fun and we'll do uh yeah we'll just do like a nice uh, dynasty draft and it'll be all over the board bogman so much fun i'm ready That's let's right. go come and check us out over patreon.com slash itl army if you want to get in on the action beforehand if you want to see some of the ranks uh, it'll probably be posted right around when we do the episode. So mid-month, uh, Dynasty Ranks, I'm hoping to have up, and I'll be toying with those and playing around. So all of our stuff in support of your boys over on patreon.com slash army. Plus, every week this month, uh, we're still dropping the player debate episodes. So tomorrow, you guys are going to be hearing Bogman and Alex Fast from Pitcher List. Uh, what is the debate you guys have? Strasburg Jack versus Clarity who? Jack Clarity and Steven Strasburg. Ooh, okay, that'll be a really good one. 
So uh, we had uh, me and Nick Pollock going Verlander and Cole this week. So we still got, we essentially are dropping four episodes a week right now. So tell us you love us. You know, tell us you love us because <laughs> we are uh, giving you all the baseball content you can possibly imagine. And also go check out our boy um, Joe Pizzapia. Check out the Black Book. It's out there. I'm in it. Uh, people are buying it. So I might also suggest, like, know what other people are thinking. That could be another advantage to getting that book is a lot of people buy it, like everybody. So make sure that you get it. And even if you play the inverse of what is in the book, you know where people are coming from. So there's a lot of cool stuff in there. So check that out. Check us out on Patreon. And, of course, follow us on Twitter at is it the Welsh at Bogman Sports. And uh, don't forget to mention, if you want your autographed Carl's Jr. Yeah. bag or Western Dubbin, Double Bacon Cheeseburger whatever wrapper, uh, lieutenants are above this month, you might get it. You might be able to get your own autographed bag. I think that's very valuable. I personally... I'm about to move in a month, Bogman. I'm going to set up a brand new studio. I kind of would like one. I'd like to frame one and put it in my office. Can I have one? Would you? Yeah. Can I have one? Uh, uh, yeah. You bring me. You bring it to me, and I'll sign it. Uh, I got to be honest. My apartment will be clean enough for you to come over here and watch the Niners game on Saturday if you want. Oh, okay. So, maybe. Yeah, maybe I will. That, will you get me a Carl Jr. bag? Are you, you going to go get some bags? No, you'll get it. You get oh, it. I have bring to get it, it to me, and I'll sign it. Yes. Oh, okay. But you're gonna have it's to get going. some bags. You're gonna have to get some bags though for the request from our listeners. Well, if we have them, so I, I think I'll, I'll do it if we have them. It is. So. It is. We record this on January eighth. I will bet you we are going. You are going to be sending out multiple autographed Carl's Jr. bags. You know what? I'll be. I would be happy to. That's Let's awesome. go. There you go. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Hope you guys are uh, enjoying the new year. Hopefully, the baseball content is getting you through. We got lots of it and a whole lot more coming up. Bogman, Welsh, we're out here. For you. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.